0: I'm going to be beginning a five-week series today that I triple dog dare you (laughs) to show up every week for. I thought about double dog daring you, but it wasn't enough. (laughs) And so my challenge to you, especially if you're a pathway person, but really anybody, I want you to, if you can't be here in person, make sure you catch it on YouTube or um, on the stream, because this is critical for us as a church. What God's been walking us through into this new season, all of this hinges on what we're going to share over the next five weeks together. And it's, it's in any way that I can make it important to you, I want to express that today. Don't miss a week. They're all connected. Um, but due to the events of the year, uh, COVID, all the things, I think we can all say that we've, we've felt in our own hearts and in and those around us, we can see that there's a pretty significant feeling of stuck, right? Anybody ever, anybody ever felt stuck before? All right, I'm the only one? No. OK. All right, we're going to get unstuck. Um, and what this series kind of is going to represent is Um, it's, it's connected to the two messages that I shared with you in the last series. Um, but this is how we do it. And what's cool about God is that he's always thinking ahead, right? He's always ahead of us. He's outside of our time. So this is a series that pastor began talking to us about earlier this year. And as I came off these two messages and I began preparing for this, it was like, God, look at you. You're right here. Um, And there's a a few things that we're going to unfold uh, this weekend. I've got to lay a pretty significant amount of foundation. But one of those things you guys are familiar with around here, we talk about next steps a lot, right? And next steps specifically that we as a church are taking and that we always want to challenge you as Pathway Church to take. And so what we did earlier this year is we took our next steps and we kind of organize them into a roadmap map for you. We have a staff value called Make It Better. And to try to make it cleaner and easier to understand and lay it out for you, we put a short little video together to kind of explain that because it'll be a lot faster than if I try to. And so if you'll take a look at this video with us real quick, I'll be right back with you.
1: Each of our lives are journeys. Every day we make decisions that will shape who we will become. Our faith is that way too. This journey of following Jesus happens step by step. While we know that journey will look differently for everyone, we have created what we call the Next Steps Path. This is not a comprehensive map, but a guide, and we are here to help you every step of the way. Through its nine steps, its only goal is to answer our favorite question, what's your next step? Let's start at the beginning. Start Here includes the foundational steps in your journey to follow Jesus fully. It includes salvation, water baptism, developing a daily devotional, and inviting someone. Each of these are steps you can take today and every weekend at Pathway. Get connected is where the fun happens. Whether you are brand new to church, have been following Jesus forever, or looking for something different, there is a way for you to get connected at Pathway through our worship, prayer, student, and kids' experiences. There is something for everyone. The best way to discover more about our church, our vision, and your place in it is by attending First Step. We know that God has made you on purpose for a purpose. At first step, you will discover our story, your giftings, and your place in our mission of connecting people to purpose. Next, our value Be Generous is up. Start giving, live generously, and discover your financial next steps. We believe that when you give, you are making a difference in someone's life, and we believe there is no better investment. But we're not done yet. We know that life is better together, and that's why we want everyone to get into a life group. Your community has the potential to change your life forever. Discover our life groups and find your crew today. This is where another one of our values comes into play. We believe that saved people serve people, and we bring that vision to life by joining a serve team. Whether you are handing out high fives at the door or hosting an online experience, we're committed to helping you find a way to serve that best fits you. But there's more to this journey. We all have things from our past that need to be settled for good so that we can live our best life. That's why we want to help you live free. Through our annual Freedom Conference and Freedom Focused Life Groups, our hope is to help you move past the past you have known and to follow Jesus into your future. Now get ready, because now is your time to shine. We believe that there is leadership potential in every person, and we know that God wants to use that leadership to expand His Kingdom at Pathway and beyond. Become a leader at Pathway and help us bring this vision to life. And last is our favorite question, what's your next step? We want everyone to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. We believe that journey doesn't have a finish line, but is made up of daily decisions, devotions, and actions. Ready to take your next step today? Head over to mypathway.church and click Next Steps Path to discover more and take your next step today.
0: It's good, eh, amen. Does that help you? Um, As we begin the message, I want you to keep this in mind, because there's a few components that we're going to cover in this series together that are kind of central to what we're going to be communicating, and that is part of the actionable part of it, as we're going to take steps and move forward together today. But if you've wondered what you've walked into today, as you saw the dotted lines on the carpet, and that we had kids following those around a little bit earlier um, and no, you haven't walked into a gardening workshop. Uh, that's not what this is. Um, but I like to use kind of visual references. It kind of helps me connect to uh, to the teaching a little bit. And so my amazing staff, they've, they've humored me and helped me get all the tools in front of you. But the point of them is to really help you to grasp the truth, the truth of what I'm going to share with you today. Um, and so... I was talking earlier about, you know, taking next steps. We as a church take next steps. I also mentioned being stuck. And so here's kind of what I want to say to you as we get started. Um, if you felt stuck in a relationship with God at times, or you felt like you weren't growing, maybe you've been really close to God, but, you know, feel that He's more distant today, maybe, than, than He has been in the past to you in terms of how you feel, the closeness to Him. Uh, maybe you've never even really had a relationship uh, with him, but you're exploring him, and you're trying to kind of learn about him and see if a relationship with him is something that you want. Um, and maybe you're very close to him right now. Things are going really well, uh, but you feel like there's there's a next level, that there's another challenge ahead of you in your relationship with the Lord. This series will, will speak to all of you. So really, no matter where you are on that path, um, this message is going to challenge you. How many like to be challenged? All right, how many like to be challenged? Okay, all right, most of you. I'll get the rest of you before we're done, okay? Is that a deal? (laughs) All right, so here we grow. You ready? This series of messages is going to be called Here to There. As you see our map pin behind me, that's why we kind of use the map pins and the tape on the floors to give you the picture that we're moving. We're not staying put. Um, This message today in this series is entitled Where Am I? And so um, how many have ever been to a theme park, amusement park? All of us, Six Flags, um, been there several times. Uh, we got a chance to take my kids a few years ago to Disney for the first time. And um, so how many understand whether you look at like the physical map, like what you typically see at Six Flags when you walk into the park, or at Disney they have a nice little app for you. Um, You have to figure out where you are. So you walk in the park, and if, you know, I'm going to admit to you, I'm directionally challenged, okay? You tell me to go west, I'm going to go, which direction is that? How many of those people are with me in this one? Okay, God bless you. (laughs) Uh, God gave me my wife because she has a fantastic sense of direction, and he knew that I needed her. So she helped plot out the map of the park and the fast passes and all the things that you have to do in Disney for me so that all I had to do was just look at the map and go, "Okay, there we are, and that's where we're going next. But that's really the idea I want you to grab with this message today. This series is Here to There. Um, This message title is Where Am I? My challenge to you as we go through this series is to figure out where you are. Because there's no way you can get to where you're trying to go unless you first know where you are. Just like at the park, I can't figure out how to get to the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train until I understand where I am. And then I can see clearly how to get there. Do you see what I'm saying? So this is what we're going to do. And again, I'm going to lay a lot of foundation today. So don't get nervous on me because my my points, my truths are going to come towards the end because they're really brief and they're really simple. So if you're thinking 20 minutes in, oh, my word, he hasn't even got to point one. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. All right, take a deep breath. Let it out. All right, relax. Here we go. Um, We're going to be talking a lot about the condition of our heart. And so all this is going to make a lot more sense by the time I'm done today, but just stay with me. Um, there's a key scripture I'm going to come back to several times every week of this series, really, and it's found in Psalms 27:8. And this is David conversing with the Lord. And he says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. This is from David, the man that God... Named the man after his own heart. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. I want you to pray with me, and we're going to pray the same prayer every week together in this series. It's a prayer that I pray all the time. It's taken directly from Proverbs 30, verse 7 and 8, but I want you to pray it, and I really want you to mean it with everything that you've got, okay? So just repeat after me. God, there are two things I'm asking for. God, I'm asking. Empty, out Empty out of my heart everything that's false, everything that is false. Every, lie every lie and every crooked, every crooked thing, and give me neither undue poverty, give me neither poverty nor, undue wealth, nor undue wealth, but rather feed my soul. With the measure, the measure of prosperity that pleases you and everybody said amen, amen. do you receive that prayer amen. it'll change your life when i first started praying that prayer i had a hard time with it i'm gonna be honest with you especially that second part don't give me undue poverty nor undue wealth like well if it's undue or do i'd like to have it you know <laughs> um but it's about your heart it's getting your heart in line with god's plan with what he wants for you yeah. amen Amen. i want him to feed my soul with what pleases him not what pleases me so as i said there's three major ingredients we're going to look at together in our time in this series i already mentioned one of them and that is the next steps path so we're going to come back to that here in just a little bit um the second piece is going to be mark chapter four it's my favorite book of the bible um if you don't know my name is mark Uh, (laughs) Dad jokes. Uh, my daughter would not be proud. Um, the third component is a research survey that's called the Reveal Spiritual Life Research Survey. How many super nerds do we have out in the audience today? OK, I'm the two, me and June. We are the only two. Oh, three, four. OK, I got, I got a handful. I see you in the back. Um, all right, I love numbers, not because I love doing math. I love numbers because I like to know the score. Um, I don't like, you know, playing games that don't have an end, um, (laughs) that don't have a point. (laughs) I like to know how I'm doing. Right? Um, This survey was was done a few years ago. It involved 1,000 American churches and this and this it spanned from what you consider maybe mega churches all the way down to denominational churches like i grew up in that had 50 or 60 people okay so this was a kind of a swatch of americana church if you will that took a look at all of the different churches sizes denominations and it polled a quarter of a million people that attended those churches So there's some really good data here. There's some really good things to learn from. The primary reason for the survey was to assess how well we as churches were doing with discipling people and teaching people, leading people in the faith and their growth uh, in the relationship with Jesus. Uh, Looking at things like, are we drawing people closer to Christ? Um, Are they exhibiting more love and compassion for others as they grow in their faith? Um, are they growing to look like Jesus? Are they, are they looking more and more like Jesus? Are they learning how to be a disciple? Um, really, in a way, measuring hearts, heart change. And so how many remember in the, the Grinch that Stole Christmas, they had this cool little tool that was kind of the heart x-ray machine that you could see, right? Um, as church leaders, let me just tell you, and even for me personally, it'd be really handy to have one of those where I could yeah. look at my heart and go, Oh, you're not doing so well. Um, But we saw in that that movie that towards the end, his heart grew three sizes as he understood the real meaning of Christmas. And what I want to kind of show you in this series as we get going today is we're going to look at how to measure our heart's growth and our heart's change. Turns out we do have a tool. It's not a cool little x-ray machine, but it's God's word. Amen? All right, so... um, we can measure a changed heart. Jesus actually gave us the roadmap, but I'm going to get to that in just a second. Um, but in this survey I mentioned, or, and I keep in mind, we're talking about a quarter of a million people that attend church, okay? We're not talking about people outside of the church. We're talking about a quarter of a million people in these thousand churches that attended church somewhat regularly on some on some level. Um, in that survey, it the, the fruit of it was it realized there were basically four groups of people that materialized that could be put into categories of relationship with God. Like, where were they at in their relationship to God? And so that's what i want to spend a couple minutes on here, kind of familiarizing. Again, remember, we're going to use this throughout the series. So pay attention, class. Some of this is, I know, information. But sometimes we have to take in information to get inspiration, right? Yeah. So here we go. Are you ready? Yes. All right. In this survey, the first group that was identified, we're going to call Exploring God. These are people that are not yet saved, but they're, they're, they're curious. They're learning about. That's something that's been a value of pathway since the beginning. We want you to have a place here, whatever your place is on this continuum. We want, if you're exploring God or wanting to find out more about him, we want you to join us. And go on the journey with us. Because we want you to learn about our Savior, right? That's why this group is positioned before the cross. Because they haven't yet accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But they are on the journey. They are on the map. This, again, according to the survey, and I would tell you from the testimony of what our experience has been in the life of this church, we have these people with us every weekend, Every weekend, some of you may be in that spot even today and some of you looking or uh, watching online you may be in that position but they're exploring God they're wanting to know more about him they're wanting to learn about him amen um, the second group is called beginning in God and these folks have come to faith in Jesus, but they're just getting started. They're kind of baby Christians, if you will. And there's a couple of, there's some terms I'm going to associate with these as we move through to kind of keep some clarity on this. So in this first group, Exploring God, these people are learning about, they're learning about Jesus. The beginning in God, these folks are relating to Jesus. They're learning how to relate to him, not just know about him. But they've accepted him and as their Lord and Savior. Now they're learning how to relate to him. The third group we're going to call close to God. These folks have taken another relational step inwards towards Jesus. Now they're not just relating to him. They're starting to look like him. Okay? Learning about, what I say, uh, good grief, Mark. Um, learning about relating to him. Thank you. Somebody said it. I wasn't paying attention. Relating to him, looking like him. All right? These folks have, have pressed in even further where now Jesus is a regular part of their life on a day-in, day-out basis. And then this last group is God-centered. And these people are lost in. Jesus. What does that mean? That means they have put down their own identity, their own wants, their own fleshly desires, if you will, and they've laid them at the feet of Jesus and picked up everything that he wants for them. Everything. This is the goal. We want to be here. So as we go through this series, I want you to find yourself. Today's message is where am I? here's what i here's what i'm going to challenge you with you probably are not where you think you are okay because i wasn't being honest i gonna be real honest in this series is that okay yep. yeah. can y'all handle it yes. okay we're going to be honest because the goal is we got to be honest with ourselves if we're going to grow if we're going to move through this progression this represents growth but here's what i want you to also understand this is not a chronology this isn't, well, I've been saved for 47 years, brother straight, and now I'm over here in God-centered. Let me tell you, I've met some 47-year Christian veterans that are sitting barely into the here. <laughs> any you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Just because you got your name engraved on a pew does not put you over here. All right? Let's be honest with ourselves. Where am I, right? Um. So in this series, we're going to look at how we move from here to there, from here to there, from here to there. And again, keep in mind, guys, this was a survey of a quarter of a million people that we found these four groups in. And as, as God would have it, I I'm going to say luck, it's not luck. As God would have it, it just so happens that Jesus taught a parable that exactly lines up with those four groups. Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah, It's amazing. As um, a matter of fact, Jesus said this parable was the most important. Yes. Right? And I never saw it, honestly. I never saw it until I studied this. I never saw that he, in his text, tells us this is the most important parable. And so do you think we should pay attention to it? Yes. We're going to pay five weeks' worth of attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> so get ready. Okay. All right. We're going to start in Mark chapter 4, verse number 1. And again, he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened that as he sowed, Some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. By the wayside, okay? See what I did there? Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root, and it withered away. So here we have our stony ground. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. So here we have our thorny ground. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold some sixty and some a hundred, and he said to them, "He who has ears, let them hear." And so here's our good soul, our God-centered soul. And he said at the end of this, um, "He who has ears, let him hear." So, do you guys think that there were people walking in that day that had no physical ears, like they were walking around without ears? <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus consistently spoke in these terms to his disciples and to the Pharisees. He who has eyes let them see, ears let them hear. He's talking about spiritual ears. And so we got to turn on our spiritual ears today as we're listening, as we're learning, as we're walking in this series together. Because uh, remember, the Bible is a spiritual book. It was written by a spiritual being to a spiritual being. Do you guys know that we're spiritual beings? Yes. We just have a flesh covering. The, our, we are a spirit. Our spirit lives forever. We will never pass away. Our bodies will, but our spirit lives forever. What Jesus is appealing to here is our spiritual ears. The spiritual ones, not our physical ears. First uh, Corinthians 2:14 says, The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. Amen. So we have to, let's all turn on our spiritual ears. Let's attune our spiritual eyes. Don't think in the natural. It says here, those that don't have the ability to do this think is this is all foolishness, but it's not. This is the kingdom. Amen. So continuing our story, our parable in verse 10, Mark chapter 4, but when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable, and he said to them, to you it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. What is he saying? If they could really see me spiritually and hear me spiritually, they could be saved. But the Pharisees were standing right in front of the Messiah, seeing him and hearing him, and didn't get it. Right? They had they did not have spiritual ears or spiritual eyes. Where does that put them on this? They thought they were here. Where were they? Way over here somewhere. They they weren't even here. They were over there. (laughs) Right? Listen to this next part. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Jesus is saying, hey, guys, if you can't get this one, the rest of them won't do you any good. This one is the center. If we're gonna assess where we are, how to get from here to there, where am I? What Jesus is saying to the disciples right here is, guys, you have got to get this. And then he goes on to explain. Verse 15, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. And takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so only endure for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things entering in. They choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Then they're the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30 fold, some 60 fold, and some 100 fold. Do you see that picture? There's a couple of things that we need to understand as we walk into this series a little further. One is what is a parable? Why, why did Jesus use parables? Um, for a similar reason, I think that I like to use visual illustrations that helps connect people to truth. Um, the Greek word is parabole, and that just simply means para is alongside, and bole means to throw. So Jesus would throw alongside a truth. He would throw alongside a story with a truth to connect it with people. And that's what we're really doing together in this series. Um, there's another para word that comes up a lot, and that's paracletos. We, we pronounce it paraclete. But it, it's, it means alongside parakletos is the Holy Spirit. So it means the Holy Spirit comes alongside us. And that's those spiritual ears and spiritual eyes that we've got to have. We've got to have him with us to walk this out. In our natural self, we can't do it. We can't do it by ourselves. We, We have to have him. I misunderstood this series. Can I be honest with you? Of course I can be honest with you. We're in church. I used to think that these three soils were bad people. Grew up in church my whole life, thinking, well, these people are hard-headed. <laughs> <laughs> these people got you know, too, much, too much rocks too close to the surface. They're not, they're not willing to listen. These people, they got too many concerns to be bothered with. No, that is not at all what this is. What we have here is a group of four good people and one bad enemy, that's what we have yes. Four good people yes. because and we'll cover this, but the Lord sp- speaks in this parable about they receive it with gladness. But the enemy steals it away. Yes. Right. We're going to talk about that a lot more. But I want you to see the picture. It's, you got to get this. These are four groups of good people. Yes. These are four groups of good people. Nobody's the bad guy except for one. And that's Satan. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, in this survey, there were, so we have four groups. There were three movements. So the movements that were generated, again, from this survey, from all of these 1,000 churches, a quarter of a million people, the common denominators, what were the things that moved people along in their faith? You, you see that as important? You guys want to know? Yes. All right, I'll continue then. Um And keep in mind, I mentioned this earlier, but this is this represents our growth in him. As we are taking these steps, whether we're taking next steps in discipleship or we're taking next steps in opening up of our heart, our spiritual ears, our spiritual eyes to the gospel, this represents growth. We have to grow. We gotta choose to grow. Amen? Amen. All right. Here's here's if out of the quarter of a million people that said that moved. From here to here, you want to know what was found to be the common denominator, the common truth. We're talking about truth. What truth moved them from exploring God to beginning in God? Grace. It wasn't works. Amen. Why? It's grace of God alone. Salvation only comes by grace. Why? Because nothing that I ever do, have done, or ever will do can stand up to the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us one time. He'll never go back to the cross. He did it one time for all. And all this group has to do very simple. That's why this first message is so simple. Receive grace. Yes. Galatians two twenty one. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. What's that saying? I receive the grace of God because if righteousness were to come through the law, if righteousness were to come through all the stuff that I do, Jesus would have never even had to die. Why did he have to die? Because our righteousness is filthy rags. Yes. And I've been one of those people before, guys, just, again, being very honest in my life, in my journey with Christ, that I felt like I got, you know, the spiritual merit badges, you know, that I walked around with that put me on a higher plane than other people. Well, I got that gift. They don't have it. It stinks. God ain't having it. Yes, right. What does the Bible say about people that get puffed up? You know, it's, I talked about the yeast of the Pharisees, Jesus did, in one of his teachings, because it puffs up. It creates pride. Pride, what does pride do? It'll send you back here faster. You want to get ejected <laughs> from this? <laughs> get a little pride in you. It'll pop you right out of this thing. You'll be over there with the Pharisees before you know it. Why is that? Because pride hardens, yeah. right? Human nature, we're not talking about evil. We're talking about human nature. It keeps our, our ground, the, the soil of our heart hard, where seed can't get into it. What's happening today for some of you in this group during worship and even what I've shared so far is God's softening the soul yeah. so that the seed can go in. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So again, think about it this way. This they're moving from learning about to relating to. We're not just learning about them anymore. Grace I got my seed here. Grace will throw seed. It's the same seed, right? Grace will throw seed into all of us. The difference, what's the difference? It's the soil. It's the heart. Grace doesn't disparage. Grace doesn't judge. Grace gives freely, yes. but we have to decide to receive it. Amen. 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 It's good preaching. No saying. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. What's the second movement? So if I'm going to move now from beginning in God to close to God. From relating to, to looking like, what is that next catalyst? And we're not going to spend a lot of time on it today, but I'll spend a whole message on it uh, next time. And that is God's word. These are people that had the revelation that God's word is the final authority in my life. If he said it, that's good enough for me. But it's the whole word. It's this whole book from table of contents to maps. Once this group of people, again, remember a quarter of a million people surveyed, the consensus was the thing that moved them, the movement that they gained from beginning in God to close to God was the revelation that God's word has to be the final authority in my life. It's got to be the map, if you will, that takes us from here to there. It's gotta be the thing that we go to judge and to make decisions on about how we treat other people and how we live our life, yeah. how we lay down our life, yeah. amen? Yes. Um, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. It's his righteousness. It's a new man. But I have to make this shift in my heart from from just beginning in God to making God's word the final authority in my life. When I do that, I start looking a whole lot like Jesus. Right? Next group, the next movement from close to God to God-centered is giving. And before you run out of the door, let me explain. (laughs) I'm not talking about your money. I mean, that's a part of it, but it's a very small part. What we're talking about is giving yourself away, lost in Him. When I'm lost in him, I'm not talking about it's the Bible kind of puts them in three T's. It's time, talent and treasure. If I'm going to give all of me away to him, which is what I'm endeavoring to do with every day I've got left on this planet. I want everything run through the filter of God's word. I want everything I do being motivated by serving him. If I do that, then my time, my talent and my treasure are his. They're not mine. Right? I go from looking like Jesus to lost in him. That means I lay my stuff down. I lay my agenda. I lay my wants, my heart desires, my fleshly desires. I lay all of that down at the cross, and I pick up his cross. And I get lost in him. And we'll spend a whole message on that, but I get excited just thinking about it. Um... Galatians 2, verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if he gave himself for me, why wouldn't I give myself to him? It's easy to say it's hard to do. But you can do it. Yes. We can all do it. Yes. Romans twelve verse one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I want to offer myself as a. It's a. It's a term we don't understand in this day and age. Sacrifice, but back back in the Bible days, they would kill. You know, many times a cow they would put on the altar. What Jesus was like, what, what we have trouble with, let's just be honest, as the, as the church is we have a pretty okay time typically getting on the altar. We just keep getting off of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we get on the altar and like, mm, I don't want to be on there anymore. <laughs> right? It's a living sacrifice. Yeah. We're laying ourselves on the altar and staying there. Completely surrendered to him. If this helps you, this kind of helped me, I want to kind of put it this way. If you think of this progression, this growth um, continuum that we're kind of talking about here, think of it in terms of human relationship. So so think, for me, it's my wife. So there was a time in our relationship early on when I, I knew who she was. Yeah. I would see her at the youth rallies. Our dads were both pastors in the Assembly of God. And I could see her like, yeah, there she is, over there. Um, she was... Uh, a a lot of our growing up years especially in our our, our mid-teens late teens she was kind of always dating the same guy so she was unapproachable like I couldn't go talk to her but I saw her and she was over there and then there was a day where I got the guts uh, to talk to her and and thankfully she didn't meet me earlier in my life because she would have (laughs) never gone out with me (laughs) God's favor (laughs) ain't fair (laughs) Um, but there was there was a day where we began talking, and we had there was a service that our dads kind of set up, and they we, we knew we didn't know that at the time, but they kind of set up this community revival service for us to meet. Um, and after that service, we began talking, and then we went out for pizza, uh, and then that was the beginning of our friendship. So we moved from I moved from kind of knew something about her, know that's that's Terrell Pearson's daughter and. She looks real godly, um, you know. She's real pretty, you know. Um, but she's way over there. So all of a sudden, now we start talking. We started spending time. We went to some church services together. That was my excuse to date. Yeah, you know, we were real spiritual, um, going to revival services together. But then there came a day where I asked her to be my girlfriend and my best friend. And then we, we talked all the time. That was before texting. There was a time before texting. We talked on the phone, and we would go, fall asleep at night, listen to each other breathe. Yeah, I know. It's true. Um, she's at home recovering from surgery. I love you, baby. But if you want to fact check me, uh, you'll have to wait till she gets back. <laughs> but we became best friends, and we did everything together. We talked all the time. Every excuse we could be together, we were together. But then there was a day that I laid my life down for her. And I put a ring on her finger, and we stood in front of God and everybody, and we made a covenant. And if if it helps you to see it this way, this really helped me. From just knowing about Jesus to being friends with him, to being best friends with him, to laying my life down for him. Do you see that? Let's pick back up in Jesus' most important parable, um, and that's in verse 14. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their where? Heart. In their hearts. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Satan can take the word out of your heart? Bible says it. We have to protect our heart. Why is it so critical, especially when you have people that are exploring God, to protect it? And that's not just talking about the person. We, as the church, have to help protect the seed that's been sown. You see that? Um, How many have ever been through a really hard season, a hard time, like a crisis, a life crisis? How many of you in that season were suddenly more receptive to the word, more receptive to the love of God. I know many people, part of their testimony is that they went through this really hard time and there was a friend that reached out to them, that walked through them with it, that ultimately introduced them to Jesus. That's because, just like we see in this, this progression, the Holy Spirit comes to work and to, to furrow the soil of our heart and create places for seed to be able to, to root. And then we have to be proactive. How many of the devil? What this parable is talking about is the devil stealing the seed. Matter of fact, if you look in Matthew's account of the same story, it says the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. In Luke's account, it says the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Right? So why is this so important? Because we have a responsibility, church. We know the devil's, what he's going to do. He's going to send the birds by to pick the seed out. What we have to do is cover it. We have to make, for people that are exploring God, some of you that are here this morning and listening to this message, our responsibility is to cover it until it can take root, right? To help water it, to prepare it, for the word. Um, so how do we move? How do we move from here to there? Especially in this, this group that I'm, I'm talking directly to today. And if you're not in the Exploring God group, you know someone who is. So if this is you, dial it in with me. Um, if it's someone that you know, listen for them. Because this is a truth that you need to get, guys. We have a responsibility for these people. These are good people. But the enemy wants to steal the seed. And we've got to protect it. We've got to protect them. So I want to come back to the scripture I led off with, Psalms 27, verse 8. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord. I will seek. Again, this is from David. David made a lot of mistakes. Would you agree? Why was David a man after God's own heart? Because David, when he made those mistakes, I've heard it said this way, he was a great repenter. And not great in that he, you know, performed it. He was sincere. He meant it. And just like all of us, you know, fortunately, we're not going to make the mistakes David made. He had people murdered. He was an adulterer. Like, I mean, the list is long. Um, <laughs> I pray that's none of you. <laughs> but, but my point is, no matter what you've done, you can still be a man or woman after God's own heart. It just takes a willingness to open your heart to him and to allow the seed of the word to go in. So I mentioned earlier there are three truths, and these are going to go really fast uh, for, for people specifically that are in this group exploring God. Here's what I want you to hear. To receive grace, salvation, number one, it's not based on works. It's not based on what you do. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The good news is if you want to go to heaven, it's not based on what you do. And I can tell you there's been so many times that I've had conversations with people that were in this place. They feel like, well, I got to get my life right first, I got to get my ducks in a row, I got to clean things up. That happens after the cross. That stuff happens here. It starts happening here. You don't have to do anything except receive grace freely. Uh, John six twenty-eight to 29 says, they, Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. The greatest battle, guys, I'm telling you, as a church leader, now almost five years full time, one of the greatest battles we face is getting people that are in these groups out of works because they receive grace and they were saved. Then all of a sudden we change the play and we feel like we got to do all the things. We got to go to church. We got to dress a certain way. We got to talk a certain way. We got to do a certain thing. Remember, the Pharisees did everything the law required and more, right. and they were over here. Yes. It's not about what you do. What you do is the fruit of this. That's yes. the motive. Again, we're looking at the heart. What is the heart's responsibility in this? To produce. Yes. If our heart is right, this, that stuff happens as an outflow of our love for God. Yeah. It's the center of the mark, right? Love God, love people. Yeah. It's real simple. Yeah. That's, that's our job here on planet Earth. Love God, love people. Yeah. It's the motive. God cares about the heart. Yeah. Why, did, why did Jesus say to the Pharisees, your lips praise me, but your hearts are far from me? Because they had no interest in him. They wanted to do the work They wanted to to pray and put ash on their face and make everybody look and think how holy they were. And I've known those people too. Got no time for them. Um, God wants your heart, your motives to be pure. And then everything else comes out of a flow of relationship, not duty and responsibility, amen? Amen. Truth number two, it's a free gift. Romans 6.23, for the wages, what are wages? Wages are what you get when you work. What are the wages? What do we get when we work? The wages of sin is death. Okay. I ain't working for it then. Working for it gets me death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's free. It doesn't cost me anything except a recognition that I need a Savior. A Savior that first gave his life for me. Jesus paid it all. He didn't make a down payment and then ask you to pay the balance off. Nope. He paid all of it. Yes. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Every, he paid it one time, yeah. all of it, for all of mankind, for all time. Yeah. Secret number three, it's easy to receive. Oh, yeah. Romans ten nine. if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth that he is Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. Don't complicate what God made simple. That's the simplicity of the message this morning is it's not based on works. We can't earn it. There's nothing we can do enough of to get the spiritual merit badge of salvation. It's a free gift given by grace and grace alone. And it's easy to receive. Um, I'll kind of end with this this story. There was a, a time in my life, I grew up in a Christian home and I was a really good little Christian pastor's son up until I got in college. And then I went through a really rebellious time in my life. And I was still going to church, but I was over here, if that. Because I wasn't actively exploring. I was exploring how to get out of it most of the time. But my dad was a pastor. So, um, so I learned how to hide on the platform as a musician. And so I, at the time, I was playing bass guitar. And I, every moment I could be behind that bass guitar, I was um, because I was in rebellion. And there was a Sunday morning that I was sitting up there playing and there was an altar service going on and I was a brick wall. I was I was a lot harder than that, I believe. But here's what happened that day. I'm sitting there, I'd been miserable. Um, partly because my parents were praying, and they told me later how much they were praying. And I've told you guys before about them anointing, you know, Marty and I. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you, for those of you that haven't heard this, my my parents, being pastors, um, they were not going to allow their sons to to run after the devil, uh, to give their lives to the devil. And that's part of what we were both going through in that season. And so my parents would take anointing oil, and they would anoint our cars, our car stereos, our doorposts. <laughs> I mean, I, I kid you not, there were little bitty oily streaks, like, all over the place. And I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. <laughs> like, i put my hand on something, like what? I'd go to turn my radio knob up, and, like, I'd have oil on my hand. And I'm like, I don't understand. What did I get into, you know? But uh, thank God for praying parents, right? Um, but there was this was kind of the end of this three-year season that I went through of, of rebellion. And I was on the platform, and my youth pastor, my former youth pastor at the time, um, was sitting out in, in the congregation. And I had been miserable. I'd been having trouble sleeping. Um, I was listening to a lot of really hardcore music and things that were just tormenting my mind. Um, it matters what you put into your mind, by the way, guys. Um, I was listening to a, the, as much garbage as you can possibly imagine. And not that it's, I don't think it's necessarily sin. Now, some of it was because it was satanic. But but I'm not talking about secular music being bad. But what you put in is kind of a, what infuse or what, what results in what comes out of you. And what was in me was a lot of turmoil and a lot of constant mind war, um, I'll call it that. But I was going through this really hard season and and I knew knew my parents were praying for me. They weren't saying anything about it, but I I felt it. And that Sunday morning, I was sitting there and my youth pastor walked up on the platform, I'll never forget it, and he he kneeled down in front of me and he said, Mark, when I look at you, I see a wall. And he started having a conversation with me about my life and about what was going on with me. And it broke me, because I knew he cared about me. And I knew he loved me. And some of you today are, are in that spot. As I look out, I can kind of see these figurative walls. And it's not your fault. In some cases, the walls were built out of self-defense you know, or self-preservation. All kinds of things contribute to that. But remember, we're not talking about bad people. We're talking about one common enemy. And what happened that day as I began to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through my youth pastor in that moment was the wall came down. And it was real subtle because I just sat there and just started crying as he was talking, and he prayed over me. And I gave my life back to the Lord. And once I did, It was just like I was given a new lease on life. And what felt impossible was just as simple as me receiving God's grace one more time. So I want you to stand with me as we finish. Bow your heads. If if that's you today and you recognize you've been exploring You've been learning about Jesus. Maybe you've at one time been close to him, but something happened. You went through some things like I did that drew you away from him. I just want to pray for you, where you stand. So if that's you, with every head bowed in the room, if you'll just lift your hand up, I want to pray over you this morning. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? just want you to pray a prayer just this simple. Jesus, I give you all that I am and all that I am not. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I receive your blood for all of my mistakes, for all of my sins, and trust that you'll wash them white as snow. I receive you as my Lord, my Savior, and my very best friend. In Jesus' name. Amen. And like I said, it's just that simple. But here's where we help you. So when we close today, if we've got prayer team, I want you to go ahead and come up. We have a free gift for you. We have a free Bible for you. Um, But we really want to encourage you to come down. Let us pray over you. Because remember, the seed, as I talked about, the enemy's going to come to try real quick as soon as you walk out that door to steal it and make you forget about it send you a text whatever but i want you to take this is a divine appointment you you were here on purpose this morning whether you're here in this room or you're watching online today is the day so i want you to make the walk forward and i want you to receive prayer from one of these and we have some free um, kind of first start Bibles that are kind of the sides here that we'll give you. But let us pray over you and pray with you. And for the rest of us, I just wanna pray over you um, as we get ready to dismiss a couple of quick things. I mentioned the next step's path. For those of you that are making this journey, salvation is the first step. (laughs) It's the first step. And on that next step's path, we outline a few things. Uh, Another is baptism. Um, And we are going to finish this series with an in-service baptism. The last week, the fifth week, we're going to have worship and baptism. And we're going to celebrate what God has done through this five weeks together. So whether even if you've been baptized before, if you just want to make a new commitment to the Lord, and you want to bury the old man and bring up the new man to go forward, we're going to stand with you as a church family. So you can register for that a couple different ways. There's a QR code on the backs of some of your seats that'll take you to the Next Steps Path page where you can register to be baptized. You can email us at connect at pathway.team. There's also a sign-up at the guest tent. So if, you, if, you've, if you've made this decision today, I want to encourage you to follow Jesus' example in water baptism. But also, that, that page that you can look at um, on our website also outlines our, a devotional life, so, every day you got to get some word in you. You got to get some more seed in you. And we want to help you. So, contact us. Let us help you. We'll get you connected. Um, let's just pray together and just kind of seal today um, through the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. And we thank you that today we're going to allow it to go deep in our heart, to be planted and rooted and grow fruit and produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Just pray your blessings over this amazing group of people as they go forward, that you would give them opportunity after opportunity to sow into the lives of others, to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, and everyone here said, amen. Amen. Pathway, I love you. Do not miss next week. Remember, it's a triple dog dare. I'll see you here next week. Otherwise, uh, take over your world. Go share Jesus with somebody. Amen.